Hey everybody, welcome back to GoodLifeBabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 151. Huh. Interesting. I pulled pull a Spencer, everybody. Uh, hey folks, welcome back. It's episode 151. It's GoodLifeBabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Uh, we are, we have an entirely new rig uh, in terms of our gear, and we're trying it out tonight. And uh, so we had our first snafu there on the queuing up the music and having it come in because we're, we've cut the cord in terms of our music input, and we're Bluetoothing Bluetooth. into this incredible uh, PreSonus Studio Live uh, AR8 uh, USB <laughs> based Folks, mixer we're, we're stepping up because of y'all built, y'all listen to this show built in baton rouge by the way oh good yeah good. it's a louisiana product right shout out to them hey that's our fake advertisement presonus if you're listening out there fake uh, advertisement we might need we might need a sponsor and uh, yeah. we've been using your gear yeah, you're for right. years now yeah you're right so we're retiring the other presonus box that was the usb box and the craziness that we had before which involved a lot of cables and a zoom recorder from like 2005 or something like that like the very first zoom recorder that ever came out which couldn't this is the screwed up thing about that zoom recorder is that any sd card that was above like two gigs it would just be like i can't i can't, can't do, handle i can't do that can't handle yeah, right. that that's how old it was can't handle right. it. exactly yeah and but the good yeah the funny thing is is and we're about to introduce our guest and if listeners of the podcast and and james you don't know this we do a little bit of a preamble sometimes right before we get to our guys so apologize for not like oh yeah that's right yeah sorry about that but we did clean we did clean all because of the last three episodes and thanks for everyone for listening to those episodes we did it from the hospital room at university medical center and we actually cleaned that nasty ass bonnaroo gear (laughs) like that we had been on the road like we took the wipes and wiped everything down (laughs) that's right and then like the next episode we replaced all the gear so we finally cleaned it for the first time in three years. Yeah. And yeah. then just replaced it. It just needed to be medically cleaned. Just Yeah, just... Yeah, it had to be. Because you had to wash your hands to go in there. Yeah, that's and right. And figured you had to wash your gear, too. <laughs> and now we've got all new gear. Jeff, you want to introduce our guest here? Yeah, folks, we have uh, James Mahler here. James, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I actually live about three blocks away from you in Mid-City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been a New Orleans resident for um, most of my life now, which is weird. Because I always considered myself to have grown up in Colorado, but it really was just ten years, kind of like age seven to seventeen, which is very much your kind of growing up years, I guess. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah. Sure. When you think about it, yeah. Um, that totally. thirteen, fourteen, like year old range really shapes who you for, are, like in terms of what you read and like, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, I came here for college and never left, and um, I feel totally completely lucky to live here more than ever, really, and yeah. Uh, you know, I always used to joke that if New Orleans wasn't interesting enough, to, you kind of have to leave the country and move to another city elsewhere, like in Europe or Asia. No, you have to. Yeah, you know, exactly. like that's not. I know that's an exaggeration, but I don't think it is. It is. Um, I wouldn't live in the United States if it wasn't for New Orleans, probably. Yeah, um, I mean, there's plenty of towns I love here to visit. Yeah, but in terms of like the sense of freedom, and it's just so interesting, and there's always always something interesting to do whether you want to do it or not you know 
It's like you have to talk yourself out of it. That's what I always say. Like I have some friends who are FOMO friends, you know, if you're missing Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you can't be a FOMO in New Orleans because you'll die. Because you'll die. And, And the thing about what's great about being in New Orleans is you could just walk out your house and shit, good shit's happening. Yeah. So you just get to decide when do I want to participate? Definitely. Period. And, like we and, were, we were talking about uh, Tracy and I. I mean, you see me sometimes walking the dogs yeah. and stuff around the neighborhood, and just having the bayou here yeah. and be able to walk the dogs. I'll give, I'll give an example. Like so, uh, people who've been listening know that uh, I took a trip to Houston, right, to go to MD Anderson, and we had this escapade in the morning. One morning that we were in Houston, just to find a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like just a coffee shop anywhere. And they were like, and so you get on the Google Maps thing, right? And it's like, uh, okay, there's a Starbucks here. There's three of them within, you know, spitting distance of where we were staying. But they were all Starbucks that were incorporated into the interior of some like Target mm-hmm. or some other kind of store. Mall or uh, some kind of mall type Harris thing. T- Safeway. So we went to each one and it was like not an actual Starbucks there. <laughs> so we couldn't get any coffee and it was like you had to go like a mile away or something like that. So there yeah. was those things are like Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I know that it exists in other cities like in Portland and, and other cities that sure. are kind of of the same size mm-hmm. of New Orleans. Houston's a really big town, but also it's a sucky town because it's so centered around the car. Yeah, And New Orleans yeah, really yeah. isn't. I mean, even, you know, we have we have terrible drivers. Here, but it's like yeah. it's it's not centered around the car. Like mm-hmm. anytime you want to walk. Definitely. Yeah. And there's yeah. A, there's there's pedestrian activity that you can have any day of the week yeah in new orleans in any neighborhood and, i feel like you know i've had phases you know sometimes your car's broken down or you don't have a car and you can very much get by with just a bike sure you know yeah, yeah. and it's actually really nice um to simplify things that much but that's another thing i love about new orleans is nothing is a big deal like you know like you realize you go to other places and oh let's go see some such and such band or whatever and it's like such a to-do so like it's yeah. expensive it's, and there's it, like yeah. two levels of security and like you know what i mean you're kind of totally. rolling your eyes like yes. oh my god yeah, what, yeah. Are we, what are we going like, to oh, see Jesus. you know what is it's this hard, it's, hard. Whereas it's like you, difficult you would just wander into this thing in new orleans be like check out some of it and then yeah like, that's cool and yeah you does. know what i mean yes and you get yes. spoiled like that and then go um, check something else cool yeah. like yeah right after yeah like holy shit it's rare that something is uh huge deal here i mean we don't have destination experiences here that much yeah you know what i mean like yeah super sunday is a destination experience or whatever Mm -hmm. but but i feel like that's more of a kind of a european thing you know like uh, when i was in italy Mm -hmm. you know there were there were entertainments that were available right um in the summertime that you could just duck into even in like a small town yeah definitely um and 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 here's my thing about that is like i feel like the rest of the united states should be like new orleans yeah Instead of the other way around, you know I, what I mean? Like, I don't definitely. understand. Like, why is it so difficult to go see a show? And to, why do you have to have this commitment and this goofy security yeah. stuff? You know, yeah. that happens in these other places. You know, there just seems to be a kind of like this resonant kind of paranoia yes. in the rest of the yeah. country I, that, uh, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't exist. There's here, the car you know? culture thing too, though. Well, there is I mean, that. In some, yeah. in some cases, it's just you. That's the way it's laid out. You got to drive 20 minutes to get a toothbrush or to go see, <laughs> dude. Right. I, uh, <laughs> so um, you know, dude, I grew up in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, so it's like Charlotte, L.A., 
Phoenix, I mean, car cultures, right? Charlotte is a car culture. And I had this conversation with my mom the other day. I was like, my older brother is going through mental health issues and he's gotten like eight car wrecks in the last four years, right? But you can't, but in, and he, he got admitted to a hospital and to a mental health bed, which is great because he has Medicaid, right? So that's cool. And they were like, our first priority is to get you in a cab so you can go get your car because it's a car culture. Yeah. And that's the only way to get around. Yeah, and it just, yeah. it, I'm like, I'm, I was telling my poor mom, I'm like, mom, you realize the rest of the world isn't like this. Like you can actually get around without a car. But maybe the rest of the world isn't like that. Maybe but, but we're this, like that. But this here, is, maybe you know, so, like, but this is a place that has like, <clears throat> if you Google mapped it within an eight mile radius of my, my mom where my mom lives and my stepdad, there, there's there's the same for and one's called Stonecrest, one's called Stonebridge, one's called Pinecrest, one's called Pinestone, one's called Stone <laughs> yeah. Stone Pine, and it's and then they're all the same like Target, Regal Theater, Harris Theater Grocery, yeah, it is, and that's that's yeah. what it is, yeah. 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 And they're like, it's dope that we which one do we want to go to today? You know, the one that's one and a half miles away or the one that's five miles away because. They got their Starbucks. Might you like like their like pumpkin latte better? I don't know. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fucking weird. Yeah, you can you could just have a hell of a time staying in one neighborhood in New Orleans. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, completely. And I've done it. I barely leave the Seventh Ward, dude. Like yeah. like Saint Bernard to yeah. to Esplanade. Yeah. Broad to like Claiborne. That's, yeah. You know that's basically where I hang. Yeah. And why not? And Bayou Saint yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah, that's my like field trip. I take a field trip eight blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Welcome to the Vice and John. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we should say that we have our original, the OGP. I think this is the time we should check out the Echo uh, Effect for the first time. Okay. OGP. What's yeah. up, guys? Well, that's a hell of an Echo Effect. That is. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rich VK is here with us, folks. The, the original producer. That's right. Put that Let's microphone in front of you, man. Don't be shy. Hey, what's up, y'all? OG. <laughs> one day. OGP had his one, uh, his famously his one run with us, James, as the producer. He came over and he was like, hi, all mushrooms. But brought us like really good catering. <laughs> like from Shia, you know, but like stolen out of his mind. <laughs> so uh, we figured with the, with the new gear um, that it just seemed appropriate to bring back the OGP. Yep. And significant portions of that story are true. <laughs> significant portions, yeah. But not necessarily select, everything. Select, select portions. Yeah. Chef select. Sorry. Rich VK does not endorse any portion of the story. So, James, you moved here from Colorado uh, to go to school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, made a bunch of good friends. And um, me and a couple of these good friends stayed. And, you know, it was like... Went from graduating from college immediately to delivering pizzas, <laughs> right? Several years, right, right? With that liberal for, for, art, with that liberal for, arts degree, you know, and right. like, yeah. oh, the thoughts I had delivering those pizzas, you know, <laughs> fine, <laughs> refined thoughts, you know. <laughs> and um, what school did you go to? Tulane. Tulane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were living over on what Webster? Yeah. Well, not Wester? then, but I did. Yeah. Like that's the longest. Yeah. That's the longest place I've ever lived. I had the last affordable place in that nook of uptown. Right. And by it was Red like Nellie's this rundown house. Pizza, yeah. That I kind of inherited from Kate Samworth. Oh wow. You know her, the painter. Sure, of course. 
And it was such a score. And so it was a, imagine this. So it was a half shotgun with a yard for my dog. It yeah. was two seventy five a month. <laughs> um, for years, two seventy. And you know folks. that's that run is not hard to make, right? Yeah. And yeah. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and I lo- the funny thing is I lost the front door key like in the first year, and I never, never locked. I never locked the front door for nine years. <laughs> and my thing was like, people are like I can't believe you don't lock your front door. It's New Orleans. I'm like, well, look at this house, you know. And yeah, like I mean, I've tried. To, I would could count on like two fingers what I would miss if it were stolen. Like, I'd be like, it'd suck if somebody took my acoustic guitar. No, any thief then, is like eeny, meeny, miny, no way. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to deal with that. And then, and then my dog kind of, my dog put up a pretty good front too. Like he was a 75 pound dog and he put up a pretty ferocious front. So between oh, those I couple remember. things, it, yeah, was such, right. it was such a, um, it puts you in such a relaxed state of mind not to lock things up. No, you know? I love it. Yeah. But I wouldn't recommend it to most people here. <laughs> that, was, that was a unique circumstance. And, um, but yeah, that place is paradise, you know, to me, uh, it was like three blocks from Audubon park, mm-hmm. had these really eccentric landlady who lives like deep woods, Mississippi, uh-huh. kind of pop right. in every six months, right? Like perfect day drinking and like smoking with a cigarette filter and like just total characters. Like kind of grew to love these people. Honestly. Right. Right. But I remember the day, so I fought for five years. It was two seventy five a month. And she, one night, she got, like, her buzz on to come tell me that they're raising the rent to $400 a month. She had and, to get that courage up. I, yeah, right, right. And I tried to talk her out of it with the, with the most, the dumbest logic ever. I was like, if you think about it, you know, I've probably given you, like, $18,000 total, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she, I like how you just impersonated she, yourself. She, the way yeah, like a myself, girlfriend, yeah. the way a girlfriend would impersonate. Right, right, yeah. The, yeah, that was right. good. That's a good impersonation of yourself. But she, she was like, no, 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 Jamie, no, no, it's going up. Yeah. It's going All up right. to four. All right, and you're All right, right then. I guess I'll stay. I guess Damn. I'll stay. You know, and okay. that's what it was. That's what it was when Andrew moved in. Oh, okay. Andrew Smith was next door. And there was even a period when it was two seventy five a month when uh-huh. I split it with two people who had just gotten back from Europe. So we were like, we had to pull down that like ninety dollars a month somehow each. Exactly, it's hard, uh, tough. What are man. you gonna do? Tough you're like, living. You're like the twentieth of the month. You're like shit, I gotta go do something. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta uh, figure something out. Does anybody need like some landscaping <laughs> done? Three right. days of dishwashing. <laughs> exactly. you look at the couch. Right, yeah. <laughs> Call Ron. <laughs> that's that's, how I know, right. that's exactly, exactly how I know Ron Boshin. Yeah. Shout out to Ron. Shout out to Ron. Shout Boshin. out to Ron Boshin, y'all. Yes. <clears throat> and then when did the when did the music start for you? Like in that timeline of that Webster's uh, that street era and from going what, going from pizza delivery to making music. Like how that process well, go for you? Well, in my twenties, I was in a band called Burn Version. Yeah, and that's right. We all worked in restaurants. Terrific band. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, we all worked in restaurants, and it was just that lifestyle, you know. And it was, it was really fun. And um, and that went till like, that went for about five years. And yeah. then, then I was like, oh, I'm not going to be in a band anymore, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I always think about this. <laughs> I told this this girl I was dating. I was I said. I'm not going to be some guy in his 30s playing in a band. 
and then it's like ad echo like playing in a band 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 not band, gonna be in a band yeah thank anymore. you what's that Screw all about it. and then you know like apparently that was false <laughs> that, was, that was incorrect <laughs> And no, I, I mean, I still love music. I love writing music. And I'm as big a music fan as ever, you know? And probably become, like, just infinitely curious about new music that I'm discovering. Most When I say new, most of it's from the past. Like, right. like right. it's a yeah. lot of like, yeah, yeah. new music to you. And my tastes have changed so much. Like what? Um, really, really, really into, like, 50s and 60s jazz. And also... Um, a lot of like psychedelic music and pop music from the 60s sure. from abroad yes oh, like i just can't get enough of that and like right I, th- like brazilian so many, psychedelic yeah music. like like yeah. Th- well there's like os mutantes but then yes a recent discovery was um antonio carlos e joe coffee have you ever heard of this mm, no but it's another one of those discoveries like how have i never heard of this album uh-huh. oh, right oh my right. god this is phenomenal and um, like paul grass is listening to this he's like i bought that in 20 years ago. right right, <laughs> right. <laughs> no but um yeah so that's that's fun you know and i guess you just keep rolling along with what interests sure. you, you know? how, yeah, how yeah. did you and, and i mean i i'm definitely i definitely look back on previous taste i had or even like some music i've written i'm like why did i think that was good you know yeah which i think everybody well, does maybe well yeah. well it's interesting that you say that because um every now and again like on the facebooks there'll be a like somebody that i know will have like uh these are my 10 most influential albums right yeah, yeah. or something like yeah. that right and that happened uh, with a bunch of people. I, or it was like 10 or 20 or something like that. And I was perusing it. And I was startled by the fact about how many people cling to the stuff from their adolescence right. that they liked. Right. Because like my list was like stuff that I started to like in my adulthood. Uh, you know, And a few things yeah. that were a smattering of things that obviously like influenced me, you know, but like, but like, you know, this Stevie Ray Vaughan record, you know, from like freshman year (laughs) in high school didn't make the cut. You know what I mean? And like, like, I mean, nothing against the guy or anything, but you know, your tastes move on. Widespread panic does not make my cut. Widespread panic doesn't make make my island cut. Yeah. And even stuff I, I still love in that way. Sure, I, but like yeah. I can't yeah. listen to an entire Who's Could Do album, you know. Like right. I, I love them or that kind of, of thing. Course, or of course, so, you know, like the stuff I loved in high school replacements. Um, it's just like, yeah, I just don't have that kind of oxed on reserve. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. right. I mean, I'm like a different yeah. version of ox, maybe, sure. but sure. Like not sure. that kind of adolescent raging, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, like I think I've come to appreciate a lot more music that's softer on the edges, sort of. Right. And um, and yeah, for the last it's five years, I'm just I pretty much just listen to music that's before I was born. You know, not yeah. entirely. I mean, there's certain, right. something new will come down the pipe, and I'll be like, oh, I actually really like this. But that that's kind of where my deep dive has gone. Do you right. like Sam? Do, right. do you like yeah. Sam Cook as much as I do? Yep. Sure. Yeah. 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 Not that I told yeah. you how much I like him, but yeah, <laughs> Sam Cooke's my jam. Oh, they just yeah. had a great documentary, by the way, on Netflix about right. Sam Cooke. Did you watch that? Yes. Yeah, that's really terrific. It's really I had no idea. Yeah, some of the social stuff, justice stuff he was going through. 
Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how uh, associated he was with, uh, and all of the aspirational things that he had going on. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. You know how he, uh, you know, the the idea of owning his own business, his totally. own, which he did. You know, totally. his own recording company and everything, which is great. I mean, very you know reminiscent of Harold Batiste here in, yeah, in New right. Orleans. You know, yeah, right. like yeah, having having owning the rights having the company etc etc you know yeah and he still got ripped off he still wow. he still figured out he's he still figure out. someone yeah. still figured out to rip him off i know i know exactly david Lindbergh in the house david everybody in the all house. right hey. <laughs> we got a little bit of a late right. start david yeah because um, we're going to do another episode after this one featuring david Lindbergh, who just walked in the end of the studio so James, when did you start playing music? What was like the impetus? Um, my, I, this is a classic. Like when I was in fourth grade, I wanted to play the drums, and my parents, you know, probably huddled up and like, we can't have this guy playing drums. It's gonna be a nightmare. <laughs> too <laughs> and, loud. Uh, too loud. And so they said, um, if you take piano lessons for a couple of years, then you can play the drums. <laughs> there and you so, go. Ah, that's it. Smart. That's the piano. Yeah. The piano is always the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so I did that for three years, and it really just gave, know, it just gave me a good basis. Same thing. The drums never appeared, you know, like, yeah. for me. And uh, <laughs> and so I did that for three years, and then you know, just classic. I, there was a there was a group guitar plays uh, class in junior high school. Uh huh. So if you can imagine, like twenty. 13 or 14 year olds uh, yeah. in a class and trying to be that instructor. Right. right? And they're just right. banging away in their acoustics, knowing <laughs> nothing about guitar. <laughs> and then, so it kind of went from there to um, taking some guitar lessons for a year, you know, and then having a high school band that was extremely rudimentary, you know, like Joy Division covers and sure. that kind of minimalist thing. Sure. And, um, and then I think I merged into bass when I got to college because it seemed easy. <laughs> uh, the and Rob, that was that was what I played in Burn the, version. The, the Rob That's Mercur- right. The That's Rob right. Mercurio plan. The Rob, yeah, <laughs> the Mercurio plan. And then and then after Burn version uh, was finished, I kind of felt like it was easier to write songs on guitar, you know, than bass. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess what Sting, there's Sting and Getty Lee, but who else does that? Really? Yeah. Who else <laughs> does do that? Yeah. I don't know. And I'm that was. I'm not going to bother my brain with I, that my, question. Yeah. 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 There's other things Mingus, to focus on. You know. <laughs> good. That's Boom. good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, and then I just sort of became interested, in, like, in collaborating with people, and you know maybe having the chord progression and a melody but pointing out what what cool stuff other people are doing you know yeah yeah do you have that role in egg yolk jubilee like like stop you need to remember what you just did and some sometimes you know yeah, I mean? yeah yeah we, we yeah we've got a kind of an egalitarian thing going on you yeah. know like paul will bring a song and eric will bring a song and i'll bring a song oh, really? you know yeah yeah and uh so it's like a potluck thing uh, a bit kind of you know, yeah, yeah yeah but everybody contributes once the initial thing is like laid on the table mm-hmm. you got to kind of just come in and bear your soul with some song that you have right and then and then you put endure it on the, the table. mockery endure the mockery of others <laughs> totally <laughs> totally the latest one is called sex robot you know so endure uh, the can, mockery of others that's a good album. yeah <laughs> yeah, like yeah totally <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, burnt. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Rotary Downs is like uh, <laughs> has really been. I mean, to me, like it's mm, it's like indie rock, mm-hmm. right? Is it? I mean, is it yeah. fair to call it that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know. I mean that 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 used to mean one thing, and then it's definitely shifted a lot. I think when that term came about, it sort of had it meant initially it was like dissonant guitars right probably out of tune vocals yeah yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. and then uh you know not cla- not classic rock but not ruling some of those elements out and not really punk rock but also not ruling those elements out you know yes and then now i think it kind of then it became college rock then, then it became that yeah. and it became more, more sprawling i think the thing i initially liked about the genre is it could encompass like country or like atmospheric psychedelic rock and sure you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but then it became it was funny because then the whole world of like major labels and everything mostly dissipated you know with the digitization right. of everything yeah that's and right. so then everybody was calling everything they did indie which is kind of like because it's independent of we're not on a major label so that <laughs> like, so it's got like neither is the meaning else. of it changed yeah. you know, rather than it describing a sound a sound yeah we're, it, we're it described, and then it kind of became the mean like nothing really we're yeah. not kind Atlantic. of described the means of production we're not you know, right. right which yeah. is sort of 99 percent of everybody of not being on a major label of course <laughs> it's like everything right yeah that's right right we're right. all indie yeah and, exactly and did, did you guys it's a very abused term for sure <laughs> I felt like for a while that that you guys were kind of on the cusp, maybe of of blowing getting signed or or well, we went blowing up or something like that. Every one of know? my ex girlfriends love you guys. Maybe about seven, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we went it. The van went way further than I ever thought it would, you know. And that's just to say, like, you know, we played Bonnaroo and we did a festival, some festivals in the West Coast. And um, we were on NPR. We then were current TV, Al Gore. Yes. Yes. They, they did a, we did they, some video they, for that. We did, did some a, video they, for those guys. They did yeah. a documentary yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And so it was really Lanyap, I guess. Like, you were pretty you know, tiny we, we worked Well, we worked really hard on an album and then Katrina hit. And then we kept working on it because we all managed to stay in the state of Louisiana. And uh, and then you know how like PR goes or not PR but like hype goes is there was kind of a story behind it, yep. frankly, right? And and that helped. And I think it was a really good record too, uh, Chaney the Chariot. Great record, yeah. Great. But record. thanks. But um, that was part of it. The context of all that, and like we also came back to town pretty soon, and and we were like rolling, you know, which not everybody was that lucky to, right, to right. be in that position sure and so um we did all that stuff and it's you know it's uh i was grateful for it i didn't i i really didn't feel like uh why didn't it get bigger i if anything i felt like that's cool it got we had all these experiences and opportunities and i felt like we did we got as much we we went as far as we could for what we were doing you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it wouldn't make sense to me like that it would get bigger than that. Right. Did you guys and, ever right. have like a manager? We did. We we a few, but there was never really <laughs> anything for them to do. You know. And so, so yeah. uh-huh. it was just like 
yeah we need a manager yeah we need to make yeah like egg yolks had a few so you're just gonna call this person instead of me calling them and then we'll give you 10 percent. yeah yeah you know right um can you make a phone call it seems like the only joel can you make the phone call that's what i do that's what i do make that call and uh (laughs) and remind us when we need to be somewhere you know (laughs) that's my day job right now really yeah Yeah, it's funny yeah but um (laughs) yeah i think yeah i don't know if we were hardcore enough to have a manager like i think if you're touring constantly and just really 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 trying to stay top on on top of it, you guys were, you guys, yeah, yeah, you I guys mean, had yeah, a peak. You, you guys had a real peak. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny, man. Everything I always say, every whatever genre of music you play, everything is like its own Spinal Tap. You know what I'm saying? Oh right, totally, Jeff. Yeah, it's like oh yeah. There's yeah. so many moments of just absurdity, super dry, like super absurd absurdity. humor yeah. in yeah. the music business. It's like, hilarious. Really? Like one of the funniest yeah. ones for me is, so when you go, if you're not a big band, like, so when we play Bonnaroo, like yeah. what, you know, if you kind of have a manager, they're like, you got to promote it, like get out there and like make the most of it or South by Southwest. Sure. And so one of the most absurd things is like, you're seeking people out to interview you. Yeah. Hey man. You want to ask me some questions? Yeah. You know, like, wanna, it's go like ahead, the opposite. Go let's uh, let's meet, and then you're gonna ask me some questions, and because I'm just a random guy in a band, and then you know everybody needs to hear what I have to say, and I have to hype myself. So let's do this in the opposite way. It's so dumb. You ask me some questions instead of yeah. you seeking me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's that would be an example of the sure. spinal uh, tap right, thing. Right. It's, then, me, it's meta. There's a lot of meta. It's meta, shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Spinal yeah. tap world. Yeah. Meta promotion. Well, and that's why you need a manager because the manager can hype you. That's my perspective. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people would go so far as to only have the manager handle the phone calls and the arrangements, and have an entirely different individual be the publicist well yeah who would handle all of this oh yeah. guess what a you know professional what I mean? environment a professional hype person a pro- no a professional music industry is yeah. what this town doesn't have but uh, we'll save this for a different podcast but it's it's yeah. coming we're working on some public policy shit and yeah that municipal auditorium space might be a part of the solution to have like an incubator with like publicist publishing houses rehearsal space performance space the whole accounting, attorneys, yeah. everything you Bring need. on the attorneys. Yeah, oh, bring, but everything, bring just, the attorneys. just to make sure the contracts are cool, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, like, this town... Dino Gankendorf's like, no. Dino's like, no, I've no. got a strap, I've got a foothold, it's like, bro. I've got a, yeah, I got my foothold, bro. I got a freaking corner no, on D- this market. No, Dino will be cool. Dino will be cool. Dino will be cool. He'll, he'll be, he'll be, a, he'll be an anchor tenant in the incubator. I'm sure. At Municipal Auditorium. He's doing just fine. Sitting on $44 million of FEMA money, just waiting to figure out what to do with that building, you know? And yeah. the Cantrell office, like, controls, like, how that goes. Joel wow. Jackson making things happen, ladies wow. and gentlemen. Word. <laughs> I ran into James the other day. We just said, Jeff and I had a podcast meeting. We've never had a podcast meeting. Yeah, that's that was true. your first podcast meeting? Well, Ever. it was all about hailing this equipment. Like that in we got three here. years. We were like, <laughs> we want to step up. And most of it was yeah, that. Like, meeting come to order. Right. This new beer. Like, dude, awesome. dude, no, we got what it was, we, 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 we went to Toast and I ordered two breakfasts. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you had one. Yeah, Hobbit, Hobbit style, double breakfast. <laughs> yes, I, the, yeah, yeah, the Hobbit style, double breakfast. <laughs> double breakfast. <laughs> so, and then, then we retreated to the Shire. <laughs> then we retreated to the Shire <laughs> because we got so much done during the breakfast, <laughs> which was none. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I ran into you a couple blocks away, <laughs> and uh, and you were exercising. I guess yeah. you had to, you know, I was running. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, you were like, uh, "Are you running for office again?" Yeah, that was the first word yeah, out of your mouth. Yeah, and my response, I think, was, "Well, I'd have to decide whether or not I want the job because the first time I didn't right. worry about that, right? You know, right? But this time, and you had some interesting thoughts about Bill Kennedy and possibly running against that. <laughs> I like how you, you combine those two, Bill Kennedy. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> Um, oh no, it's not. It's yeah, it's uh, Cassidy, John Kennedy. Bill Cassidy. That's um, the kind of shit I do on the podcast. They are yeah, essentially the same I can person. Play, I can well, play it's like Frank. It's like Frankenstein and Gomer Pyle, right? <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Bill Cassidy and John exactly. Kennedy. Yeah, like, but but as a as conjoined twins, both kissing Donald Trump's ass. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh yeah, and like certainly staying quiet about things. I am sure bother them if they have any soul left at all. Like. <laughs> Which, you know, um, and I mean that's anyway. I was talking to Joel about like I don't know if a Democrat could win in Louisiana, like Cassidy's Senate seat. That's just the reality of it. Like I would love to see it, but we all know like you look at statistics and stuff, and you're like, oh my god, it's so daunting, yeah. right? No, it's super daunting. And, but yeah, but I feel like I wonder if like an independent candidate who was just willing to call out all the abominable hypocrisies we see on so many levels, you know, the posing as Christians, for example, um, the, the weird thing, like how this state and this part of the country is constantly on the bottom of every, at the bottom of every statistic that matters. And they just keep electing the same dummies, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and running as independent, you could, you could definitely just, you know, roll out a scroll of the ridiculous Republican and Democratic choices we've had over the last 30 years, That's like right. going back to Edwards and David Duke. And then um, I feel like you could just appeal to Louisianian, Louisianans' sense of state pride, of which there should be a lot because there's such a great culture and there's so many great people. Right. And you, you know, you circulate in the state and you meet so many cool people and then you're like how where do all these people come from that rally behind these ridiculous characters you know and i know it's <laughs> yeah it's not certain like it's outside uh, of our bubble of like new orleans or lafayette or you know um no they're say, in the bubble they're in the bubble yeah, yeah. but you know what i mean no like, i know like I it's easy to forget oh yeah i don't interact with as you know as many people who have certain positions I guess on a lot of issues um, that that we have um, but are different than what we have but it seems doable in a way and the only reason I say that is you know you look at Beto getting all this attention yeah, nationally but like, like I don't think I don't think his at this point at this moment it seems like his presidential run is kind of foolhardy because mm-hmm. he doesn't really He's not really a platform. He's full of platitudes, but, not platform. But like, but like his just his hustle in Texas to sure. run against this super totally. unpopular and uh, like odious character of Ted Cruz. Well, right? totally. I would say that, um, that that that's the thing that works in Louisiana. 
right off the bat. You is know? what? Well, you get well, a John Bell Edwards because the other person is so, so odious. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Instead of just a ho hum like Cassidy. Type I mean, we got we got Blanco yeah. because at the end of that race, there was this guy in northern Louisiana who was in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and they ran an ad, and he was like. Bobby Jindal took away my wheelchair, and I'm a Republican. Right. And that put Blanco over the top. Wow. You know? I mean, it's just like Bobby Jindal's horrible. Yeah. So you got to vote for this person. Right. Over here. And she won by like 51%, you know? It's always like some razor-thin margin. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, You know what? I I mean, I agree with you, but I I would go just comedically a step further Mm -hmm. and say like, you know, the chicken in every pot thing. If you could literally do Mm -hmm. that, you know, like the right. promise of Huey Long, you know, and just actually put a chicken in a pot, you know, for something for everybody oh, that oh, you yeah, wanted yeah. to, well, to vote to, for you. You know joke, what I mean? I used to uh, <laughs> like, paint houses for a living with a couple of good friends. I used to joke that my platform was going to be surf and turf. There you, I'm not yeah. promising you anything, but, but a meal, s- one surf and turf meal, <laughs> a really good meal. Every American. That's what I'm you saying. If you could have that one you meal. Lose, you lose the vegan vote. Right. You lose it, but in Louisiana, That's you're fine. gonna be okay. You know, you yeah. would you would get so many people who just yeah. cooked them a good meal. You know, and yeah. like, you get ten people yeah. coming along. <laughs> Because they'd just be strong personality saying, that's like, right. I don't care what you say. Well, that's the thing. That guy cooks really good. That's right. I, th- no, I don't give a damn. I think, I'm voting for him. I think as an independent candidate, you'd have to run a comedic. <laughs> yes. Louisiana, Louisiana's a funny something state. Crazy. I mean, look at, it's a funny have, state. And you'd, you'd have, have to run, run something crazy. You'd have to run something funny and attention-getting. The YouTube, like, the YouTube videos. Low, lo-fi. <laughs> low yeah, money. lo-fi. <laughs> and, um, and really just shred these dudes on how... How much they've kowtowed to yes a very like I don't know I mean could you could you run against Trump in Louisiana you certainly could in 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 this part of the state but or specifically the city but this, this neighborhood but apparently um, a majority loves him here right I, I, yeah because uh, there but, were you're talking about Bell Bell Edwards right no, no I'm sorry about, you're talking I'm talking about, about Trump Trump oh like, yeah you, of course you'd have I know, to but tie they, you'd have such to tie, a weird state. You'd have to tie Cassidy's <laughs> silence to Trump's abominable behavior, and like, and make from a from a Christian angle, make fun of it, and from the Christian from um, even just a common sense angle. So one of Cassidy's latest things is, and Kennedy is they're they're like, how about this Green New Deal? Is that ridiculous or oh, what? Jesus. Right? Yeah, of course. And then right. they're then they're constantly right. they're also uh, running on. Do you want to save Louisiana's coastlines? And it's like, well, you uh, have to get on board with some degree of, you know, climate change mitigation guy, because <laughs> it, it's not just. <laughs> well, well the, the, how, how can you hold those two thoughts in your mind at once? I mean, you cannot like like you, can. you cannot like the rat, you know, the the transformative demands of the Green New Deal, of course, but. I mean, you can, but you, but like you I mean, can't happens claim, all the time. you can't claim to be concerned about the coast if you are playing dumb on science on man-made climate change. You know, I know, like, but I mean, you get these people who are like, you know, it's like oystermen, you know, like down the bayou, or who are like, I'm all for Trump. Yeah, Trump a thousand percent. Trump's right. the man. Trump, right. what's happened to my oyster bit? Yeah, <laughs> why can't I make a living? Right, Trump. Right, 
It, it doesn't make any sense. It so, no, James, at all. It's you, extremely short-term thinking. You, no, it's super short. Are you, John's going to make it all right. No, it's I'm gonna get. It's just really like, thinking through the year, like yeah. this year, no, maybe. No, you know right. how short-term it is? I've been taking these power micro-naps. Like, I used to take 20-minute naps. Now I'm taking power micro naps. I'm setting my phone. I've been taking two minute naps. What? That's what we're talking about. Like they're thinking about getting through the next two minutes. Yeah. That's where they're thinking. It's not a year from now. It's like the next three minutes of my life. Like till the next commercial break. But I I would beg to differ just to say this, that, that, you know, somebody like who I'm pointing out is a person that has to think yearly and cyclically, cyclically. Yeah. You know, like an oyster person has to think like a farmer because sure. they, they have a season they have oh, a harvest true, yeah. season true you know and they make their money when they make their money and it's like you know <laughs> i just don't get it like there is no way that you can do that job and not see because we live here in louisiana on the precipice of climate change in this country yeah. there is no better place in the mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. United States yeah. of America maybe to, Miami to, but that's maybe it. Miami yeah, sure. to yeah. go totally. to see visually the effects in this, effects country. In this country of climate change and to see yeah. the relocation of the citizenry because of what's that's happening right. Yeah. right now there's no way that you can be in, in denial of it and the I say no way impact will be bigger in Miami which will make it more I, come I, to the I, forefront I was, like from a, like a yeah, PR <laughs> perspective well yeah, yeah yeah exactly but I, I say no way but at the same time you know the Director of uh, Wildlife and Fisheries, which is way more important than the name sounds, folks, for anybody who's uh, thinking about that department uh, on the state level in Louisiana. Uh, they do a lot in the state. And the guy that under Jindal was a climate science denier, you know I mean? Yeah. You know, you have climate science deniers in, in Louisiana. It just doesn't, it's just you like, know. I live in my house and it didn't flood during the last <laughs> flood. Everything's fine. <laughs> It's, it's either it's, it's either like really strident ignorance or I have good flood insurance. More, except more, Trump's changing I, it. I think more often with people who are pointing, it's like it's way more cynical than that. Like it's you know, oh, and yeah. than just being oblivious to oh really I haven't seen any of the science. No, what, it's what more that about? they have yeah. selfishness and they're getting money from and the petroleum. Yeah. Like they're getting shit. money you know, from the petroleum you know, one industry. Of the things, going back you know. to going back to Bill Cassidy, one of the things that I found most infuriating about him is um so after the the high school kids in florida the parkland is that the sure high yeah school? uh-huh yeah after that happened and you know just constant 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 mass shootings um in this country he was pushing he co-authored a bill called to allow the sale of silencers yeah like to make right. it easier to buy silencers for your weapons and sure and um so that the per- he, they called it they cynically called it the Hearing Protection Act. So I, so I used oh to call I used to call his kidding? offices and you know just to vent I guess <laughs> and <laughs> and like talk to them about this. And one of the conversations I had, he goes, "Well, yeah, he co- he's co-authored that bill." And I said, "Well, how can you claim to be support the police? Like, what could make a policeman's job harder than showing up on the scene of a mass shooting?" And they don't even know where the sh- the shots are coming from anymore. Now that you know, silencers are encouraged, and and they said, yeah, but it's what hunters want for for hearing protection. And I said, couldn't they just put earplugs in their ears and it, total silence, right? And then sure, it was literally. I mean, there's no other explanation beyond money. 
that's for, that, for no, Cassidy. Exactly. That's all sure, right. and, sure. and so right. if, for him for him to sort of introduce another toxin into so society, incredibly cynical. It's like fuck him. Like he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's garbage. He's not a good person. You no, know? Like, he's a garbage human. And maybe he was okay at one point, but I feel like some of these people like him, they just get so okay. down in the tube. I don't know anything about him, but like... No, he took money from LSU for free, and he knew he was doing it, so he's just a garbage human. Well, to and make, then, to further, no, to further scramble... I mean, he was making to further, tons for, of money. To, to further scramble his he, principles, he used to be a Democrat, so he's kind of for nothing, right? Yeah, um, right. He's for his own power and attention or whatever, and but, and but think about that, like, yeah. like he... When all that was going down, he was pushing to legalize silencers, make them ubiquitous, as if our like society isn't sort of saturated enough with really dangerous weapons. Sure, um, let's make it more um, dangerous. Imagine you just have no idea where that's coming from anymore. Like it's just that, um, and, and and no, but inexplicably, you know, sure as shit, and you know, the police union's going to come out and support it. You know. And you'd just be like, why? And they're just like, well, really? because on principle, we have to be with these Republicans, no matter so? what. You think so? I mean, you would, you would think not, logically, right? But, but if, I'm I mean, there's telling certain you, things, like, that would blow my mind if even the I'm police... I'm telling you, because I mean, well, why would, why, I mean, I, there are so many yeah. gun laws that are like that. Like, why would police be AK in favor of uh, have legalized semi-automatic weapons? Or bump stocks, Are the majority you know, or like, of them in favor of that? Well, I mean, they're not using their bully pulpit to speak out against right, it, you right, know? I right. mean, in, in any meaningful right. way, you know? I mean, I right. think that if they did, you know, I would, I would... A lot of people would listen. Yeah, the police you know, unions like, have not. If the come National out. Police yes. Union took a stand against guns, I think that lots of people would listen. Or just to gun that. safety. That's a good point. We don't even have you to know? say against guns. It's, we can just say gun safety. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Simple as that. Sure. You know, and yeah. and and they don't. And it's all about the money. Well, I mean, if yeah. they were to, for instance, attach their Blue Lives Matter movement, you know, to a to reasonable gun control legislation, you'd have a game changer. Background on your hand. checks. I mean, you really would, you know, like that would challenge the That's entire true. Republican establishment, man, like so, right up and down the line. I can't imagine why not. Is it just the kind of person who is attracted to law enforcement, law enforcement that wants that in their recreational time? Because it's got to make yes. your job yes. so much more. Perilous. No, you nailed it. You nailed really? it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's just that. You know, there's a personal, you know, uh, the, stake in owning the, guns. But imagine, imagine it's like just attached being, to an identity. Imagine just being, you know, the, the an on the beat police out. officer, and then you show up at a mass shooting. You're trying to figure out where the shooter is, right? And and which is already like an unimaginable task for the average person. Sure. And in like, you know, right, um, right, nervous breakdown time. You know, you know, hopefully not. But like, sure. your adrenaline is just rushing. And then imagine not having the ability to even hear where that's coming from. No, totally. From, you know? I mean, so I think like local police folks uh, don't get what you're saying. And, and But like ATF, I've known some ATF people over the years and some like FBI people or whatever. Yeah. And they totally get it. They're like, they're, I find that like the people I've interacted with on the ATF and on more on a, on a federal yeah. level are a little bit more, I don't want to call them progressive, but they're not sucked into the tropes and trappings of like local police. And I, you know, and I think that's just because they're educated, mm -hmm. you know, and, and highly trained, right? So the point you're making about the silencer just makes sense to them, right? Right. But 
our local police enforcement folks are like not not highly educated and we do have to question their motives for like joining the force you know sure yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they're that's, people. That's they're that's people, that's people so it's going to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, right? In terms yeah. of character, oh, sure. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's just straight up bad yeah. people, you know, on police forces oh, everywhere, yeah. Yeah. you know, that are just yeah, and really good people, just bad actors you know, yeah. who are like yeah. out to cause harm. You know, right. they're not there right. for to protect. You know, that they're not protecting and serving. Yeah, the only town I've ever lived in where there was protecting and serving, Portland, Oregon. That makes sense. Like, but circa like 2002. Just that one sweet spot. That sweet spot, dude, <laughs> where you were like, they were, they were just looking out for you. Can I, can I just say something like when I was in San Diego, uh, hanging out with Ron, uh, <laughs> no, I actually wasn't hanging out with Ron. Uh, shout out to Ron out there. Ron Boucher. Ron Boucher and everybody. Ronnie B. Yeah. Um, Boucher. you know, we we were we were uh, in Oceanside, and Oceanside or Ocean. That's Oceanside. Oceanside is yeah. in no no. I was in the other one in Ocean. Uh, it's in San Diego proper. Anyway, all right. So it's like Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach. Yeah. Okay. Which just got this kind of like uh, carny feel to it. You know, it's a little bit Bourbon Street. Right? It's a, more than a little bit. It's right. like their Bourbon Street in in a way, and. Uh, you know, we're at this bar, and we're having some drinks. <laughs> There's this homeless guy, uh, surfer-looking kind of guy, and he's missing a leg. And there's two things that struck me right off the bat, is that the homeless guy that's missing a leg has a blade in California, like like a really good prosthetic leg, a blade. You know, the kind of thing that, like, that guy in South Africa that got convicted right. for murder yeah, yeah, ran on? Right. Yeah, yeah. He's got the blade. So, first off, I'm like, nobody gets a blade in Louisiana. It just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Right? So, Can I tell you a funny... <laughs> sure. But there were a series of, like, events that happened where uh, there was a woman... That one a guy that was in our party was entranced by, and so was the homeless guy. So they have these partitions that separate you from the street that we don't have here in, in you know plexiglass thing, and uh, and so he's leaning over the plexiglass and he's saying all kinds of nasty foul things, right? And so the bouncers have to step in, and so the bouncers are all just completely prohibited from like really bouncing anybody, you know. Because there's these laws, right? And so, like, they're just big guys who seem intimidating. And, uh, and they're like, please leave. And uh, so the guy's like, fuck you. And, uh, and so the cops come. And the cops, I, I, I just was, like, amazed by this West Coast restraint right. thing. Because the dude's like, fuck you. Fuck all you, bitches. <laughs> he's just insulting these cops, like left and right. And I'm envisioning New Orleans, you know, just like the stomp out that would the happen down. within four <laughs> seconds. It would be a stomp out, and then you just disappear into the night, you know, into like some horses and stuff, right? <laughs> into a car. Fog. Right. Heavy into fog. this like fog. And, then, and, and there's just a bunch of people standing there like, I don't know what happened to that guy. That was weird. What happened to him? <laughs> Strange. Right, exactly. So, so they, they usher the guy up the street in a kind of like a gentle bumping style. They're like, yeah, whatever you say, man. Right? And they're like, fuck you, I'll kill you. Right? And they're like touching him like on the 
belt like in yeah, the yeah, back yeah, 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 yeah. So they, like, they the... scoot him on up the street. <laughs> right. By this time, he lost his blade. He had like lost it and thrown it somewhere. So he was just one leg, and he was hopping around. And they got him up the street, and he's sitting on the sidewalk, and they're just like. Go and get his leg, you know, bring his leg back to <laughs> Make him. Sure he gets his leg. And they're like, Here, here's your leg, man. After enduring like the most and I'm like, that is cop work. That's protecting that's and the, serving, dude. That's protecting and serving. Dude. Like I'm like, the guy really didn't do it. He's an asshole, whatever, but he's drunk and everything, but he's not it's like I know that they've arrested this guy sixty five times, right? <laughs> you know, but but at the same time it's like they're like, please let us not have to do the paperwork tonight. And so let's just get him up the street, he's okay, and give him his leg back and it'll be fine. And I was like, That's cool. That's the way to handle that situation. And then like ten seconds after that ended, there were some New England Patriots fans and some San Diego Charger fans. That were sitting at a table, two different, two separate tables, watching the game during the playoffs. And I'm telling Playoff you, game. not ten seconds after they resolved this dispute between with this guy with the leg, they it broke out into the biggest bar fight. Both tables cleared the tables, and they were just mashing each other on the floor, just mashing, killing each other. And then the police had to come in and actually arrest some people. And like they, so it's the best of both worlds. The police were baffled the by the whole thing. It's they the were just best. baffled. They were like, "Wait, we just took care of the guy and gave his blade back to him, and now this." And they had to run in there and like break it up and like take some people to jail at that point, you know. And I was like, and I felt bad for the police at that point. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> when you feel bad for the police, you know they're doing their job right. Yeah, I was like, I was like, they handled that pretty good, man. And, you know, <laughs> that's right. And now they got to deal with these. Fools over here. <laughs> so James, I know uh, I digressed a little bit there. No, but I, I, I was just gonna say um, <laughs> this is a short story, but like, um, my wife and I went to Barcelona on our honeymoon, and there happened to be a couple we knew from New Orleans: Scott Bourne, you know, uh, WWOZ DJ, yeah, yes, and Robin Bordelon. They were uh-huh. on their honeymoon, so we hung out with them um, for a couple nights and. The first night we hung out, we didn't know anything about the city, and it was getting really, really late, like two or three in the morning. And somebody's like, "Oh, you should go to the Gothic Quarter." And we're like, "Is it dangerous at all?" And they said, "We're like that, you know, will we get shot." And they're like, "Well, there, there are no guns in Spain, really, anywhere." And we're like, "Wait a minute!" So we might get stabbed. And, and, then, and we always thought that was hilarious coming from New Orleans in the U.S. It's like we, we all just get, had this big laugh of like, hurt? are they going to pull a knife on us? Oh, yeah, no. Right. You know, and like yeah. after we heard that, we just went out all night. Like, it's funny just oh, how yeah. used to like real danger you get sure. used to. You know? Living like, here. Right. Whereas there, you know. <laughs> it's kind of like one in a million chance that somebody would have a gun. And sure. then, sure. you know, I got stabbed in the leg. It seems so cute, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Compared to, you know, like, really, like that extreme level of violence we get used to in this country. I felt that way when I was in New York a little bit. People were like, New York's tough. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. No, not no. for a no, long like, time. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long time. It's not 1977. Right, right. You know? <laughs> It's yeah. like, it's not Ford Apache the Bronx. But imagine anymore. what that does to your psyche, knowing that 
there's hardly any guns in a city. Like I know that's yeah. And I'm not. I'm not make, I don't mean. To, I don't mean. No, to make, I don't want. I don't want to make light of getting stabbed, no. which is bad. No, bad but, things happen in New York. You know, they just don't yeah. happen as often as they used to. You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I found it. I found it liberating. You know, especially like coming from here because I had that same kind of attitude i was like oh yeah whatever. yeah you know like, yeah you guys are just yeah. too you want to talk about, about random violence yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so james so, um, um you've got a new go artistic ahead. project going on yeah i've been writing a lot of music um for the last five ten years and sort of have built up something of a home studio which okay. has been really really fun so this is like independent of rotary downs this is like your it's just stuff, yeah, that I yeah. started, you know, with GarageBand and then got into Logic. And, um, sure. So I've written a lot of, a lot of songs and decided to make a record, um, under the name the, the Electric Arch. Okay. And I'm almost done with it. It's been really, really fun. I've lucked out. I found a really talented guy to actually make these recordings sound legit. This guy, Matt Cloutier. Um, and, the band, this project has done some gigs, like with, yeah, on I the West you. Coast yeah. with uh, Ron Boshin, yes, who lives in San Diego now. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Like when we, the when we do gigs, we'll, we'll have like one rehearsal if we're lucky, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> exactly, because you really got to get it together fast. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it's been it's pretty loose. You know, it's just kind of like material based, I guess, and. Um, Alex Smith plays bass on it, and uh, Trey Cloutier, the brother of the guy who's helped me finish the record, plays guitar and keyboards, and it comes together pretty fast. And you know, we um, we played a few times in town last year, and like I say, we played yeah. in, caught one of those shows. Yeah, we yeah. played with Egg Yolk Jubilee, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's just been really fun, and I think we're gonna be done with this record in like a few weeks. So are you writing? Yeah. You write yeah. all the songs? Yes, I do. But it's also open to contribution. I mean, the guy helping yeah. me mix it and record it has laid down some amazing bass lines and yeah, guitar parts. You know, and just as we've upgraded the sounds, he'll be like, "What about a little something like this?" And it'll be way cooler. I'm like, "Yeah, right. Nice. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Nice, and, nice." Um, and then his brother has put some stuff on it and, um, you know, wrote some bass lines and then had Alex Smith come over who's like really, really good bass player and just nail it timing wise and everything and yeah. tone wise too. So it's been really interesting and, you know, you guys have new gear you know how you can kind of go down that hole of, um, fine tuning sound. Sure. And, and it's, yeah been super interesting to me you know i've never thought about it that much and frankly not enough you know right like tone and it's it's really really fascinating to me you know yeah yeah andrew yeah. andrew wade smith uh texted me today he was like make sure you ask james about his like creative uh inspiration and uh process oh yeah that obviously sounds like andrew right <laughs> he's like make sure right. <laughs> so for uh thinking about mastering and the completion of the project and when people could expect it when when would you say um i would say about a month and a half a month and a half yeah from now. yeah yeah mm -hmm. cool yeah are you I guys gonna say, do vinyl i don't know here's your i don't know uh -huh. yeah what's i mean 
what are your thoughts on like what how do you release i know a Sp- record Spotify. Then? Can i was yeah. gonna ask can you guys I, can that? i raise my yeah. hand yeah. yeah i'm raising my hand okay because i have a point of view please okay it's it's dig- you know you don't have to do that because you're a co-host on the show um, oh sweet i'm gonna call i'm gonna call on you joel <laughs> yes joel uh, joel i'm yeah, joel. joel yeah joel jackson go ahead um co-host of the sky page um <laughs> Vinyl plus Spotify, and that's it. Really? That's what I do. Fuck a CD, for sure. And just unless you have like incredible artwork that you want people to put it on their like mantle or whatever, on their chimney or whatever. But there's a new vinyl press in town that's fucking rocking, and it's like pretty affordable. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, Mike Quinlan, started it like four months ago. It's in the Bywater, and they started it because it was people were having to go... It's what we were talking about earlier. Like you have to go get a publicist from somewhere else. You have to go elsewhere for an attorney or a financial person or whatever. There's a record press now. Hmm. And it's really dope. They use all recyclable materials. And it's like, it's pretty affordable. What's the name of the company? New Orleans Press, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, we're gonna double check that. Yeah, New Orleans yeah. Press. Spencer's not here. It's, like, exactly. He wouldn't double Spencer, check it anyway. Spencer would be on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's super dope, and you can like you know change like the color of the actual vinyl. You know, mm-hmm. sure. So they, mm-hmm. Yeah. They ship out all the, all the artwork gets printed somewhere else, but the vinyl gets pressed here, and they got cats and dogs running around and shit. And it's really it's a it's giant warehouse. It's like forty thousand square feet. It was like the CAC in the late nineties or whatever. You know what really? I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's super, super, super dope. Hmm. And uh, so I would say Spotify, vinyl, boom. Yeah, I, it's, it's hard. And make to know. sure you get the good artwork. You gotta get the good artwork. I had an idea to do thumb drive with inside a plastic egg. Yeah, for any joke. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I don't know. think that that was good in two thousand six. That was a great idea in two thousand. New Orleans Record Press is what it's called. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, thank it's you. Hard it's our producer, harm. David Lindbergh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to nail. I mean, it's hard to nail down, man. Well, because you it's don't funny because last time the last Rotary Downs album called Traces, which we really liked, we did we did vinyl, and it wasn't. I mean, there's so many factors involved, but you know. But it's a they lot were of ex- harder to sell. Yeah, it's a and, lot of expense. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's getting and, cheaper. Um, it's just so intangible, right? Like, what do you do something like that? I, f- I find it fascinating that there's like a cassette culture that's come back, right? There's a cassette. Thing. Cool. Maybe culture is too strong a word, but a cassette market, you know. And there's like Burger Records. Have you heard of this on the so, West Coast? I have not. It's like, no. it's uh, cassette microculture. All cassette. Yeah. Yeah. And and like the funny thing is like until recently I was one of the rare individuals with a cassette player in their car, so (laughs) sure I'll buy your fucking cassette. Right, but but I'm like who else is, you know? Uh, It's not like something to look at particularly. And then the other thing too is because like the gear to make a cassette is like so, it's uh not ubiquitous. (laughs) (laughs) I can say you know you at this point you know it's 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 not available. So like someone goes and buys it, yeah, and then it's like it's it's a fetishized culture, sure, and and you wonder like there's not an economy of scale with cassette. No, no, manufacturing. There's, There's vinyl. You know, vinyl has made enough headway because the sound is good. Um you know that it's viable again but yeah you have- and but 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 it's not it's not to the point you know where cds were and cds are 
less at the point of where vinyl is now. Totally. And, and so Agreed. and so now you're like, what the fuck do but I? The thing, but the thing what's about the vinyl, hard copy? Here's the thing about vinyl. What's the I'll hard buy, copy? Well, I'll buy a vinyl okay. even though I don't have a record player, and here's why: because the liner notes and the artwork. Really? Yep. See, I feel like all these things at this point are kind of like calling cards in a way. Like exactly, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like if somebody's enthused about the music, or whatever, right. they want something tangible. Maybe that's what I'm saying. They, they do. Sound, they and, that, and that way, you a have CD to have is fine. tactile. If, a it's, CD's if fine. it's a concrete thing that you're, that person's not going to listen to, exactly, then CDs are cheap and it's fine. Um, nothing beats vinyl, but it's so fucking expensive, like you say. Yeah, yeah. but it's not and, that expensive anymore. Oh, dude, it's. It is so much more than CDs. I found the best possible no deal you could yeah. find at, look, out of San Francisco. Um, I think it's Pirates Press. Look, we and yeah. and it was like really. Expensive. I'm here. I'm here to yeah. tell you that uh, with New Orleans Press Record, whatever David just told us, is New Orleans Record Press. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's affordable. So. You can go out to a show and you can sell a twenty-five dollar. Well, I'm going to check vinyl. it out. I'm going to check make, it out, and you can make a really nice margin on that. Like yeah. a really nice margin, and you can do a short run of like two hundred or hundred at a time, and they'll do like they'll do like ten at a time for you if they want. I mean, it's 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 really dope. It's a new development in the world. All right, well, well that's I'm, good to hear. I'm, I'm going to take a look into that. You know, I mean, yeah. if they do short runs, then I think it's they like, do short it's runs. Cool, you know. Yeah, on the vinyl yeah. press, you know, you got to do a little bit of bigger run on the art. Because honestly, I think that. That's more the way to go. It's like, it's like, hey, we've got, we got a ten inch, you know, on vinyl yeah, right exactly. here, and I got twenty of those. You know, I can sell them for a reasonable amount. That's if, right. if I can get a place that does a short run, exactly. right? They yeah, get the exactly. money together, and I can print those up. Totally. Right? And I got the egg right. with a special egg with a, a thumb drive, USB drive in it, right? Exactly. You know, which everybody thought was kooky and stupid and crazy. But well, I was like, was how a, do you deliver it? There was how a window. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I did. Right. Yeah, there right. was a two year window for your idea. It was like a two-year window. We should figure yeah. out what yeah, that yeah. was. I know, exactly. It was right. like 2004 to 2006, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You know, if I just yeah. had like, you know, how could I make it even more gimmicky? If I had a real live chicken with the eggs like <laughs> yes. attached to it a little bit, you know, like then, it, you know, everybody would be like, that was the coolest thing I ever like saw. An, an I Easter, still, and I would still buy have it. my chicken. I still have my chicken. Dude, I still have my chicken. How about this? Right? An, an Easter basket with a chicken and then a CD with the, with the egg you know? mm-hmm. with with the egg yeah. with the USB and the CD in yeah. it then it's yeah. like an Easter basket thing yeah. Yeah. I think this is obvious it was right in front of our faces it was right it's in front right of there. our faces and we missed yeah. it and that's okay. why we're right sitting there. here being losers right now okay. <laughs> instead of being more successful alright well I'm, I'm gonna wrap it up at this point guys because uh, our other guest is here and but, but uh, may I say running, really quickly sorry I have one tag I have one tag sorry Jeff James, are you going to run for the Senate? Oh, my God. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Oh, oh Are you going to run for Senate? How do you do that? We run for Senate. Independent running. Well, I, well, I. <laughs> <laughs> well, my future self would say that I might think that what I used to say was that I would consider running for Senate. Is that- I, think, I think if you triangulate um, your participation in community dancing um, in Louisiana 
<laughs> that you will have a chance. So you have to have some right. footage of you dancing in the second line. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, you have to have some. You have to have some footage of you running with the Cajuns during Cajun Mardi Gras and really nose diving it for the chickens. Ooh. And then you got to go up to Northern Louisiana and do some square dancing. Right. If you do those three do things, things, if you do those, those three things right there, people will be like, "That guy's cool." I will fundraise for you if you stay if liquored you up on local brew. <laughs> yes, if you jump in totally. Race. That's right. <laughs> This is, you know, all bets are off. You know what I mean? He drinks beer. He dances. It's Everybody's local. It's got to be, it's gotta it's be gotta local. From an insane. All right. That's right. Folks, That's right. folks you, heard it. It. You, heard, you heard it here first. James Marlin for senator in Louisiana. All right? We're just announcing it right now. Sorry, James. Cat's out of the bag. Right, That's a lot right. of pressure. And uh, <laughs> I'm probably just going to keep doing exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, it's a big recruitment effort. <laughs> there you I'll go. step up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, James, you got I'll any respond. You got any shows you want to plug or anything? Um, yeah, Rotary Downs is playing with Mike Dillon Band. Wow. Um, over Jazz Fest, May 5th at Siberia. Great. Nice. And um, like I said, I'm almost done with this record, The Electric Arch. Um, we should be done with it in a month or so. Sweet. Yeah. And we're, we're, they'll be on Spotify and vinyl. <laughs> It'll be at, you know, your local uh, farm with chicken chicken distri- distribution. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> All right, folks. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. That's it for episode 151. Yeah, you're right. <laughs>